Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. You don't know what you have. You, you, you don't reveal who you really are and what you're really made out of until a circumstance presents itself. It doesn't change you, those circumstances. It reveals who you already are, but it didn't come out yet, uh, and nobody saw it. So... I'm in Miami and my friend was telling me it's really difficult to get an Uber. It was a, a crazy weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and apparently it was taking 45 minutes and you never believe it. Someone says it to you and then you're like, my phone's going to get it better. I'm going to go on Lyft and my, can you, why don't you try? Someone always says, why don't you try? And you're like sitting next to them. You're like, what? I have some majestic different entry, red velvet rope and stanchion. I'm on the list of Uber. Like what? I'm sitting next to you. How am I going to get it better? But sometimes it just like works out. So we're sitting at the restaurant and lo and behold, says nine minutes. Then somehow, then it goes up to 13 minutes. And then somehow you're at like 35 minutes and you're going in the wrong direction and you realize they're sitting in traffic. So the driver's communicating with me. He's saying like, I'm really sorry. I'm held up in traffic right now. And like, he's communicating with me. 
So I start just messaging back. I'm like, no problem. I can't wait to see you. And then in the notes, I'm just like, I miss you. I said to my girlfriend, I'm like, to the Uber driver, I'm like, I, I just, I honestly, I can't wait to see you. I'm seeing you in a few minutes. I'm trying to like entice the guy to like drive, drive faster and get excited. Like, what? it's just funny in the notes. Like everyone's always so serious about like, just, okay, thank you in traffic right now. So I started buttering him up. I, I, I think it worked. He got there quicker. My friend was dying. I was like, why not just like to the, to the Uber Eats guy when you get like a message and you get to communicate with them. Be like, yeah, XOXO, see you in a minute. I think I can't wait to see you is a really good one because you really, there's nobody you want to see more than the Uber driver. Can't wait to see you. Only four minutes. I'm seeing you in three minutes, Uber driver. But you also have their name. You can make it super personal because also they cancel on you too. So if, you, if you're nice to them in the meantime, they might not cancel. Like a lot of times they leave you hanging or they'll tell you, please cancel this ride. I'm like, oh my God, did I say something? I'm so sorry. No, I don't care that you're in traffic. It's okay. It's fine. I love you. Please come. I know I didn't mean what I said. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Back then it was, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was, I was in a rush to get home. I, everything I said, I, I take it back. And I did not mean it. I think we should, you know, I, I need to work on my communication. I feel like I could do better. I can do better. I'm just like, you know, I'm an aggressive person and I just, I'm unfiltered, I'm unedited and I just say what's on my mind and I just, I need to work on myself. I'm really sorry. I'm really excited you're coming. I can't wait to see you and I'm not great by text. If we're on the phone, it'd be different. When I see you, it's going to be great. I promise. I know you don't think it's going to be worth it, but when you get here, it's going to be absolutely worth it. I promise. To the audience, what is your Uber experience? Ian Schrager might be one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show. He's an entrepreneur. He's a legend. People that I know who are so successful in the nightclub lifestyle design entertainment space call him an icon. I mean, he's just incredible. He's famous not only for creating what we now know as the boutique hotel experience, but he was also the co-owner and co-founder of arguably the most famous nightclub in history, Studio 54. We talked today about leveraging innovation, some concrete tips for events, and always looking forward to the next best thing. I loved talking with Ian, even calling him my business soulmate. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Ian even asked me if he could use one of my ideas for a new nightclub of his. Uh, it's just interesting to hear a guy from Brooklyn who just sounds like any guy from the streets be the literal fashion design travel uh, impresario. He's fascinating. He's fascinating. He touches so many different parts of the things that we do, from the oversized chairs to those long community tables to you using all white to that boutique hotel to everything that happened in Miami. I mean, I can't say enough. All the hotels that were experiential in New York City where the lobbies were major and the rooms were small, but you were part of an experience. All of that is attributed to Ian Schrager. So he is infinitely influential. So I want to get a sense. Of, there is a lot in the press about you, which is is not always, not all the people that I interview on here who are moguls have that much about them, but there has been a lot written about you, but I want to understand, um, your family. What, what was your family? Like, what was your family dynamic and, um, the, the relationship to success in, in your family? What was that like? I was uh, born in the Bronx, uh, raised in Brooklyn, 
So I have all the uh, uh, credentials of a gunslinger from the city. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a loving family. I had a sister. I had a brother. Uh, we were a close family, middle class. Uh, came uh, Growing up in Brooklyn was a great thing for me. Uh, it made me hungry uh, and uh, made me very ambitious. Uh, my brother went on to be a doctor, a very good cardiologist down in Florida. Uh, my sister passed, uh, unfortunately, uh, and both my mother and father died uh, relatively early as well. So I've been on my own since I, I was 19. Ah, interesting. That seems to be a thread. People sort of latchkey kids, people having an independence uh, early. What was success in your household? Were you, were you driven by passion or by money? You had a brother who's a doctor. You're a Jewish man in Brooklyn and you're from a middle-class family. So what were goals in your household? Uh, never about money. It's never been about money. It was always about success, uh, stature, excellence, achieving the ideal. Uh, it was uh, ne- Never about money. I don't think it's it's ever really about money for any any uh, uh, aspiring entrepreneur. It's always about just um, showing people, you know, achieving the ideal, upsetting the status quo, uh, doing something that hasn't been done before. It was always about that. That's okay. So I don't know if you'd find it interesting that you're right. I mean, you wouldn't because you said it, but the people at home would find it interesting to know that eighty percent of the people on here who are Icons, billionaires, moguls, they're motivated by success and goals and, you know, passion and drive, but that's not money and, and, and different TV shows and different cultural aspects now really. And, and a lot of music show money, 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 and you're supposed to go for money. And if you're looking at it that way, you might be on the wrong road. So that's a great lesson. I mean, most people on here without bells and whistles, without any sort of um, gimmicks, Believe in old school hard work. So it doesn't matter if it's 1950 or 2021. You can't give up as much as you have to give up, devote yourself and dedicate yourself and be relentless about it for for money. It's just not enough. Uh, There has to be something else driving you. There has to be something that keeps pushing you forward, that keeps allowing you to pick yourself up, dust yourself off when you've fallen and continue on. You can't get that from money. It's just not enough. Well, it's fascinating because that's, that's, I've never heard anyone say it that way. It is so true. I've heard people say that a true entrepreneur is thinking about it, breathing it 24 hours a day. I haven't heard that, but I'm writing another book and I decided to change the title to business is personal because something that you are moved by and that you think about all the time and that is just like part of you for better or for worse, it's not always good as you're probably described to us, but it is personal, don't you think? 100%. And I've never heard it, the phrase like that before, but it's it's uh, intimate personal. It's, yes. Uh, it goes right down to your bone marrow. That's how personal it is. Exactly. Perfect. It's part of your DNA. So you true entrepreneurs, whether within a corporate structure or just mavericks, it's in your DNA. You will know. So did you have a childhood icon? Uh, well, I don't know. Try to have an adult icon. You know, uh, I, a role model for me has been uh, uh, Walt Disney and Steve Jobs. Uh, uh, you know, I have some of my friends uh, from the Studio 54 days that I also have been inspired by their success with. Uh, but I think uh, uh, by and large, uh, it's uh, Steve Jobs and uh, Walt Disney. It's been the main inspirations for me. Well, that makes sense. And I think you, you've delivered in a way that they would both 
have said, you know, you've executed the vision. Did people around you think you had quote unquote style when you were a kid? Did you have swag? Did you have style just in what you wore, had, did? Was it different? No, they didn't think I didn't have it. Uh, You know, I might have had the swag. Uh, I might have had the dash personally. Uh, But uh, no, I, I, you know, you you don't know what you have. You, you, you don't reveal who you really are and what you're really made out of until a circumstance presents itself. It doesn't change you, those circumstances. It reveals who you already are, but it didn't come out yet uh, and nobody saw it. So when was, what was that divine, defining moment? When did you, when, and you probably had many reveals, but when was the first real reveal? Uh, when uh, Steve and I, uh, when, uh, uh, you know, we were in New York in the mid-70s, uh, and um, uh, we were looking around for something to do. Uh, and when I saw lines outside of a nightclub, people waiting to get in, taking all this abuse uh, to get in, that was the spot and you had to be there. I remember saying to Steve that uh, we have to do this. We have to get into this business. We were good friends from school. Uh, and um, so we, 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 were, we were partners with two other people who happened to have had a very successful nightclub in New York at the time. Which so, one? Uh, Le Jardin. It was a gay club. It was a gay club. It was okay. just when the gay uh, population was beginning to emerge. A lot of the creative and talented people in the city were gay. And if you went to a, a straight nightclub, it was really very contrived. You know, for me, it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, me- meeting somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex and pick up places, all that kind of stuff. I never felt comfortable. But when you went to a gay club, it was like a tribal rite. It was wow. so much revelry, so much hot, sweaty, dancing, anything was possible. And so, you know, that that was always the part that I gravitated to. So we had these, you know, when we were going to be doing three or four of these nightclubs all at once, and I was going to be supplying uh, the um, the legal services because I was a lawyer at the time, practicing lawyer. Uh, and uh, when the partnership broke up, we had done the first nightclub, which was in Boston, uh, and I had gone there to help get it open. Uh, and, uh, you know, when what I, club was that in Boston? I'm fascinated by these like stories. 15 lands down the street. Okay, because I know it because I spent some time in Boston. Okay, got it. It was right across the street from Fenway Park. Okay, got it. Know it. Fabulous. Okay, so you had done a club in Boston. So I had seen him in the last week or two putting it together. We're short one cash register. We got to go get it. We're we're waiting for the mirror ball to come from here, you know, and producing it and making it happen. And when I saw that, I said to Steve, Steve, I could do this. I, I saw how they did it. Wow. I, I, I could do it. Uh, so the partnership broke up and, you know, then uh, we, uh, Steve and I went in and, and did it. Wow. So you were, it's like being a producer in many yeah. ways, right? You were right. the, you were the producer, but you, to have a legal background is, is absolutely huge. So um, what is taste? What is good taste? What is bad taste to you? You know, a definition to me of good taste is uh, simplicity. Okay. Uh, the ultimate sophistication, and uh, you know, uh, uh, but it's it's a gift. Uh, you know, I don't know where it comes from. Some people have it, some people don't. Some people see things other people don't see. 
some people just have that natural response. Uh, and you're kind of lucky uh, when your taste is something that other people respond to. It resonates with them. But you never really know. I think anybody creative, that's what happens. I think creative people do things that they themselves like, period. And all of a sudden, magic happens and there are other people out there that also like it. But you don't know. Well, also, um, question. So taste and style are different, right? So do you have good style? Uh, Very simple style. Uh, You know, uh, uh, Norma uh, used to... Uh, call me non-fashionable, not unfashionable. Generic. Non-fashionable. I've had various uniforms uh, uh, through my life. Uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, mean very much to me. Yes. And, you know, but it's funny, you're describing something utilitarian, which also has become sort of in quote unquote style. So what about people who, you know, when, when we see people that wear these crazy fashion outfits and they're from famous designers and it looks like you're almost mocking us because it's like that is ridiculous. But when people have the security and the confidence to pull something off, that kind of can make us think that it's good taste. Does that make any sense? It makes 100% sense. That's street. Street fashion is what I call that, where these people put these unlikely combinations together that no one who thinks inside the box would ever do, but they just happen to put it together in a way and pulls it off and makes it work. Uh, And that's because they have that kind of touch. Ah, alchemy is a good name for a a hotel club for you. Um, So where do you get your inspiration? And where's the line of inspiration and copying? Like where, does it annoy you that everybody has copied your entire design aesthetic? Do you love it? You're not getting paid for it. We we younger 20 year olds go to hotels. They probably don't even know who you are. I mean, respectfully, they go to public, they'll know who you are, but they might not. I, uh, I'm not one of those people that considers flattery or copying uh, flattery. Same. You know, I think uh, because it's so personal to me. Yes. Uh, it's my children. Yes. Uh, you can't take my idea. Right. That's my right. idea. Right. Uh, so there's nothing I can do about it. That's the way it is, especially in America. Uh, you know, something is successful. People are going to jump on it as fast as possible. But there's nothing you can do about that. So I've learned through the years to kind of not be looking over my shoulder and just keep my eye on what I'm doing and forget about that because it'll just drive you crazy. Okay, so that's amazing because I always say be Michael Phelps. Be looking at that wall. If you're looking at them, you're going to slow down. I mean, maybe in swimming they actually do a look, but you know what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're looking at what everyone else is doing, you're not moving. So you're, you're at the next thing while they're copying the last thing. It's the only thing you could possibly do. Mother's Day is May 12th and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's gift finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and Native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. So where do you get your inspiration? If you decide years ago when I first walked into the Delano and the scale was just so ballsy and just like bold and, you know, now it's okay to do everything like that, but then it was just like disruptive. So where does that all come from? The first idea. You know, first of all, it comes from within. It comes from what, uh, you know, the idea you have. It all starts with an idea and something that you want to say, something that you want to do. You know, I used to go down to Miami with my parents, and I'd be in uh, a lobby of a hotel. Uh, The air conditioning is freezing, uh, and uh, uh, women would be there uh, in fur coats uh, in the middle of Miami. Uh, You know, so... And, and very ornate and 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 uh, very ostentatious and 
And so, you know, you know, my idea was, uh, you know, I wanted to go back to what old Florida was. If all these um, hotels in the 50s and 60s uh, were, uh, you know, too bright and too light, I wanted to make the lobby of it Delano dark. Uh, and I wanted to make it uh, seem like you were entering into another world, almost like it was like a, from old Florida or a plantation. So you get these kind of ideas. I had been to Key West. I had been to Southern Florida. And there I saw the charm of old Florida. Uh, I, I didn't see the Miami Beach, uh, Louis de Fouy style, the fountain blue and all those kind of things. No, uh, I don't want to do anything like that. Uh, if uh, if uh, all the hotels in South Beach at that time were being painted these pastel colors, they don't know how to be white. You know, it was just counterposing everything we were doing against what everybody else was doing because product distinction is the name of the game. Boom. Something that stands out from what everybody else is doing. Boom. I was talking to the chairman today of uh, Peacock and um, he's high up at at, uh, Comcast and he was saying from mentors, which come in different places, he not only figures out what to do, but what but looking at other people around him or what not to do. And it's interesting because I see it. I have a similarity to you. I don't like to have what anyone else has. I don't like to do what anyone else does. It, it actually like irritates me in a very personal way. And I'm seeing that you're very much like that. It's not just that you'll have an idea and go for it. It must absolutely separate itself from the pack. Oh, you, the whole point is to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. The whole point is to do something outside the box. If you want to have something uh, that can uh, become uh, a, uh, you know, runaway success. If you just want to fit in and you just want to have something that uh, does well because the market is good. But when you do something unique and distinctive, uh, it doesn't matter about the vagaries of the economy. It doesn't matter about the market because you have something nobody else has. Exactly. Ian is describing something that I've talked about before. Often partners try to tell you this is a very big thing, so we should be doing it this way. And when I was poor and had my idea, it didn't matter what anybody was doing. I just felt it inside. Later, I only got into trouble when I would listen to what a retailer wanted to do, and then I would go by what they wanted to do. Whenever you're doing what you feel inside that you really should be doing, it's liberating, it's honest, and it's just the only like thread that you can adhere to. So I, I completely agree. And it's the only thing that's comfortable. It's weird. And it feels like a sellout, weird, diluted version of some other garbage. And then you're definitely late because you're behind that other thing. So I, 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 I completely agree. But you're also talking about when you talk about women in furs in Miami lobby and, and you see that the way you want something to be, you're talking about solutions. You're thinking of something that you think is a problem, even if it's a superficial problem, you're thinking it's something that could just be made better, a better way for people to experience a lobby. Something so basic. And because culture changes. Right. Everything changes. And you have to you have to know where people are and you have to kind of make a leap of faith and thinking they don't know they want this yet. They don't know they need this yet. But I feel it because I can read the signs. Right. I can connect that. And so you do something and lead them to something that you think they're going to get to that they don't even know yet. Exactly. Oh, that's. Yes. That's what I was going to say. If you're a good entrepreneur, you're telling them what they want. Not to be rude. Like they don't know they want it. Did you overshoot the mark? Like in your life, do you, do you feel like 
what, I mean, I know it's, you've been successful a long time, but did you have any idea that you would be this sort of icon in the world, literally laying down the groundworks for other people's style? I had no, I, well, thank you. Uh, but I had no idea. Uh, I just kept doing what I like to do and love to do. And I try to do it better and worked harder than everybody else at it. Uh, and I still love it. I still do it because I love it. We don't know where things are going to take us. You know, I've often thought that, um, you know, with the ideas that I've contributed to the hotel industry, um, you know, and now there are thousands and thousands of versions of them. Maybe I could have been a much, much bigger company. Uh, yeah, I know. Or, or maybe I could have been uh, the, 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 the new Marriott. I don't mean to sound pretentious, but I'm just presumptuous. I'm just saying that I could have been much bigger because everyone's taking those ideas and they're making big companies out of it. So uh, it's not a regret. It's it's maybe a different road I could have traveled on, but I'm happy the road I took uh, because I never cared about being the biggest. They only cared about being the best. Uh, and uh, so we all have these uh, uh, kind of thoughts, but uh, I'm happy with the way, uh, you know, I've led my life and well, where I am. You're describing what a lot of people say is it wasn't like you knew what the big picture was. You were aware of some goal of goals. Obviously, you had dreams, but you put one foot in front of the other and every single thing you did, you did to the best of your ability. It doesn't sound like you ever thought any job was beneath you. You've probably cleaned toilet bowls in a nightclub. I mean, I bet you've done every single job. Still do. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same. I'm 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 the same. There's nothing I don't do. It's just who it's yeah. And also, you know. I just turned 50. When you get older, you decide the road. Like, so you, yeah, you absolutely could have been the Steve Jobs, uh, whatever that means in like style, uh, hospitality. I mean, there would have been a price. I mean, it's a different road. You know, we, we evaluate now what's too much, where's balance, how do we find it? So I think that's another conversation that once you've become successful, but still like Norma, like me, have that desire and bug, how to control yourself, how to, con- I bet you have to control your ideas. Yes. I have an idea a second. Yeah. You know, with Steve Jobs being incredibly creative, incredibly innovative, uh, 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 you know, uh, brilliant, maybe a genius, uh, you know, thinking about Walt Disney and thinking about, in a way, although Steve Jobs was much more flamboyant, Walt Disney was in a lot more different areas. Uh, wasn't only in one area. I mean, he did a lot of things. Uh, but so Steve Jobs uh, chose... Um, uh, the the guy, his, I forget his name now, who's running the company. Tim Cook? Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, Apple is doing absolutely great, uh, making the most valuable company in the world and all. And when, when Steve Jobs died, I thought it was over for Apple because they're just not going to be able to innovate the way Steve Jobs did. Right. Now I wonder that Tim Cook was able to exploit and leverage the Apple ecosystem that Steve Jobs create, which is where they're making their huge money. I wondered whether or not Steve Jobs chose Tim Cook for that reason. We don't need any more innovations. We need someone to make and leverage what we've already done. Because if he did, if that was something, and probably it was, and he's even smarter than I thought he was. Right. And he might have taken, Steve could have been a hindrance taking everyone on a thousand wild goose chases versus somebody going horizontal. Right. That's always a yeah. choice. Are you going deeper and horizontal? Are you going vertical? All these things are roads. Right. It's roads on the highway. And you could get, right. you, you're on, you know, you don't know where to get off, where to get on. You, you're right. just taking a trip. Do you sweat the small stuff? That's an understatement. Same. 
Same. Because I never know what small detail is responsible for putting something <laughs> over the top. So therefore, everything is a matter of life and death. It's, everything. You live in the weeds. You have to do some sort of like installation of weeds because I get it. I only sw- I sweat all the small stuff. And like you, if someone does one small thing that's wrong, that's so obvious i freak out like roaches in manhattan how many other small things just what am i missing now it's 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 maddening it's the mind of an entrepreneur ignorance would be bliss no (laughs) and you can never never be taken out of that uh approach never it's like i don't know anybody that doesn't sweat the small stuff i mean because which one of the things reaches out and viscerally touches somebody and makes them react to this You, you just can't know so everything is important. Everything is a matter of life and death. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I found I didn't have balance in the uh, earlier part of my life. Uh, I made a lot of sacrifices for the success. You know, that was what made me happy. And I really worked all the time. Uh, you know, now when you get a little older uh, and uh, I do have the balance, you know, and I think that comes with wisdom uh, when the reflexes get a little slower, perhaps. But uh the, uh, the, the mental capacity and the wisdom increases. So kind of know, get an idea of what the universe is and what the options are. So the decisions are easier for me now. Uh, but I think the secret, the secret to life is the balance. I mean, the, the people from India, they had the right idea. You know, you have to have everything. You have to have the business. You have to have the good family. You have to love your person you're living with, your kids. You have to have hobbies. You have to have friends. If you don't have all of that, then you're not, I don't think you're truly, truly happy. Like I am now. You're truly happy now. Um, Do you mind if I ask how old you are? 75. Okay, you're 75. So you went to jail for how long? Uh, 13 months. Was there any silver lining to jail? Was there, is, do you ha- did you get street cred in a different way in business? Was there any upside to this experience? I think uh, before I thought that uh, maybe all the rules don't apply to me, uh, that um, <clears throat> I could cut corners uh, and I could do whatever I needed to do for success. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to jail one, it gave me a year of breath. It gave me an opportunity to reflect. Uh, and during that interlude, in my case, it was forced, a forced interlude. I decided to go into the hotel business. Like a lot of people during the war, uh, uh, when they went through the war interlude, that's when they came out and they decided to change their life and go down on different paths and to drive something, whether it was Bill Paley, uh, whether it was the, uh, they, that all happened during the war. Uh, and uh, so to that extent, it was good. The funny thing about it is Steve and I were the only one in there that were guilty. Nobody else did anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, that's actually interesting because I'm not comparing jail to the pandemic, but I'm saying in times of very of aberration, total aberration, I've, I've been saying since the beginning of the pandemic that there will be seeds that will be planted and, and trees that will flourish as a result of this time because it's reflective, it's disruptive, it's, 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 it's resetting, it's all these things that, you know, people are bottled up. And afterwards, if you're prepared or if you're at least your eyes are open, that things will flourish as a result. So what do you think about that with the pandemic? I couldn't agree more with that. The same thing happened to me during the pandemic, that happened to me in the first interlude I had in my life. I was able to step back and reevaluate what I was doing and think about it. Wow. 
and recalibrate myself uh, what I wanted to do. And it's such an invaluable once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's like playing a sport and saying it's a do-over. You have an opportunity to redo what you were doing and rethink it. It's, it's absolutely invaluable. And, and that's what I used the pandemic for. And I found it incredibly valuable to me. Enlightening. Because you're also focused in the travel space, which went dormant. But now it's yeah. going to come alive like nothing else. So to be able to plan. And you know what? In your business, it's so competitive to be able to get ahead and do what you did before. Sometimes we all just need to take a time out, but we don't ever get it. That's exactly right. And I thought it was an invaluable time. And even with my family, you'd be able to spend more quality time with them was just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so for me, the pandemic was a very positive thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. I hate to say it. Same. So I much understand. illness and death, but it was very I, valuable. I understand. I think there are a lot of people that feel guilty to have thrived and survived, but at least there are tools that you can give to other people to do the same. I, I find that people are stunned dear. People who get stunned and complain and get paralyzed, they're in the worst position. You've got to just pick, do something. Do something. I always say, like, you could cook with basil, parsley, or cilantro. Pick one and make the rest of the recipe go around it. I'm sure in your designs, you don't always know exactly what you're doing. You just pick something, and then that's the way you go, no? Yep. You know what it is? Either you're going to control your environment, or you're going to let your environment control you. And I think the people that were pessimistic about it was letting the environment control their destiny. And I don't think that's something anybody should ever do. That's well. You got to make no matter what it is. That's well said. That's very a place of yes. That's well said. So talking about personal relationships, who's the peacock? I always say there's only one peacock in a relationship. So who's the peacock in your relationship? Uh, what do you mean peacock? The one who's blooming, who's at the other one's a little more reserved and not the first one to like make conversation or just there's one peacock who has bright feathers and the other one's a little more unassuming and understated. It's so funny. Uh, it, it, it's so funny because, um, when I went and did the deal with Marriott, uh, you know, uh, uh, everybody thought that was so unlikely I was selling out and I was doing it for the money. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, there was Bill Marriott, the gray suit and a red tie. And I was there with a black T-shirt. Uh, you know, he wanted to have a press conference. He would wear the black T-shirt. I would wear the red tie. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Right. But the point was is that even though on the surface – he didn't look like me and was ostensibly totally different from me. Inside, we had the same values, same relentlessness, same pursuit of excellence, same hard-nosed, everything. Wow. With my wife, uh, we're both uh, restrained people. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, both strong in our own ways, both sensitive in our own ways. Uh, I think... Uh, you know, you know what else I've I've found is that uh, you can't go through a whole life with one person when you're sacrificing for your whole entire life. You can do it for a little while, but after a while, it's going to grate on you. Mm -hmm. And so we really do have the same pursuit in life. I think I add a little spice uh, uh, and uh, and uh, combustibility mm -hmm. uh, to her and completes her as a person, and she brings. Uh, some um, stability and evenness uh, to my personality. And so grounding you know, together, it, it, it just works very well. Well, it's funny because 
that's one of the components that I find fascinating through doing this podcast. I've spoken to very successful people in successful relationships. Interestingly enough, most people have been in multiple decade relationships. So I haven't. So I, I often ask. So I'm just curious what, you know, pearls of wisdom you might have. Well, that didn't happen to me in my marriage. It's been easy. You know, we had, I don't know, I feel lucky. You know, I was married once before, but you know, I just, uh, you know, you get lucky when you actually wind up with someone that you do compliment and you do fit together and it works very well. Uh, so it hasn't been worked and it hasn't been a commitment and our relationship has grown. You know, we've been, for the past year in the pandemic, I was hearing a lot of things from husbands and wives. They wanted to kill each other. Not us. Our relationship got stronger. Wow. I can't explain why. And for that, I feel very lucky. Well, for that, that I, but maybe it maybe it is like business in a sense, not in a in a calculated way, but where what you put into it, you get out of it. It has yeah. to be that. There has to be yeah. that, right? And it's a little bit of the luck of the draw. Okay. You know what, Bethany? I've seen great parents have uh, troubled kids, and I've seen terrible parents have great kids. It's a little bit of luck of the draw. Interesting. You know, uh, so that's interesting, and and also sometimes it's if you've seen successful relationships in your childhood, so you know what that is. So it's a touchstone. That's been a challenge for me because I hadn't seen that. Just things like that all contribute to the recipe. So I've been to Studio Fifty Four twice. One in the original, like the late original iteration, and one you guys had some sort of like reunion party that was amazing. So I mean, I I, I don't know if it was you, but it seemed real the second time. What? And I know so many people, a guy, Paul Cunliffe, I used to work for, he was the head bartender at that like pit and, and, you know, and Andy Cohen talks about it and, you know, it, 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 it's so iconic that for anyone listening, Studio 54, is it, it is definitely the most famous nightclub in history in the world. I, I, I don't know. I, I, Isn't it? I hope it is. I think it is. I, I don't know. All I know is that, uh, you know, there've been uh, a couple of, um, seminal events in my life uh woodstock was one studio was one uh, i i you know it's uh, uh, almost 50 years later and people are still talking about studio and they're talking more about it than woodstock By, so, yes yes oh yes so for anyone listening it was the most iconic nightclub with an energy and an electricity and an alchemy as to use your word so from your perspective like what was that like like what was did that I feel can only like my what, view, you know We've lost ownership of it a little bit. By the way, just re- reverting back to one thing that happened before when I described my relationship with my wife. Now, Norma, when 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 we were good friends back when, back, you know, before, she was also restrained and quiet uh, in her own way. But she expressed herself through her very, very flamboyant and provocative fashion. But she was a very reserved person. She subsequently has evolved from that mm-hmm. position, but but it's just funny. Norma Kamali, he's talking about. Yeah, I recently did a documentary, and the guy that I did it with, Matt Turnauer, very smart guy, and he didn't think that Studio 54 could be recreated now. And I don't agree. Uh, he thought there were things like te- technology and iPhones, that the privacy and all. To, to me, those are just distractions. And we see clubs like Studio 54 now in Ibiza uh, uh, and in East Berlin, where there is a mayhem, a wildness. Anything can happen. Anything you do is okay as long as it's not illegal and you don't hurt anybody. 
But to me, what happened was like it's that when people got in there, got in the club, it was one of the few times where you experienced an absolute freedom. You could do anything. You felt protected. You didn't care if you were next to a celebrity. You didn't care what you did. And that feeling of freedom is not often experienced. And I think that was at the basis of it because otherwise I can't come up with another explanation. No, it's amazing because I remember, I shouldn't be saying this because I have a daughter, but at 14, I went, I was going to nightclubs at 13 in Saratoga Springs, New York, the rafters upstate. And then at 14, uh, my mother told me how to like, use a fake ID and just act like I belong to Howie the doorman at the Palladium. And I walked up that ramp and in that Michael Todd room, that private room. And I was, I was, I had a very crazy childhood. So I was like an adult by that time already. As weird as that sounds, taking the train into the city and out of the city at five o'clock in the morning. I know it sounds crazy parents and I agree, but there was an electricity and you just felt like you were absolutely alive. So I don't recommend it for children, but I still do remember it. And I know exactly what you're talking oh, that's, about. Uh, that's the alchemy. Yeah. It's a, it's a je ne sais quoi. And, and I guess you will be able to create it now at post pandemic because people are going to want that feeling. Well, and, and because where that comes from is in the diversity of the people. It's the diversity that creates that energy. So it's the diversity of people that kind of come together uh, that create this explosion. Well, you just gave the greatest explanation for the snobbery with a do- man with a with the rope, which no one really understands. That hasn't been distilled down. You're talking about someone curating. You're making a movie inside for that night. Like you're casting a movie and curating a world. So that should exactly. be the, that should be the description for why people aren't getting in. We're you know we're casting a, a, an evening. It's it's just you're not. Or well, you're that. inviting people to your home for a private dinner, and you want to sit somebody talkative next to somebody not so talkative. I like it. It's just that, that kind of discretion in the public arena is not politically correct, and they think it's elite, but it wasn't. It had nothing to do with wealth. It had nothing to do with stature or anything. It had to be. We just wanted to make sure that we had a good party inside. Well, and yeah. It's so spontaneous that you make errors. They're they're deciding what they want their club to be. That so I get why it's a problem, but I've never I'm pretty smart. I understand marketing. I've never really thought of it. I love that. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I be strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What was your favorite project and your least favorite project? You know, it's like asking somebody, what's your favorite kid? Okay. Uh, I, I, I... You know, I, um, you know, I like them all the same. I, That's fine. I okay, then most successful. Most and least successful. Let's do that. Some were natural hits where I opened up the doors and they were a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some I had to work at. Uh, studio was a natural hit. Palladium we had to work at because it was so big. And and frankly, thank God they've all been successful. But, you know, I think it, some were natural hits. I, they took off on their own. Uh, and some I had to work at. Morgan's, my first hotel, was a natural hit. Studio was a natural hit. Palladium, we had to work at. Royalton, we had to work at because it was very new. The socializing, the lobby, as a new kind of gathering place, people didn't quite understand where what to, to be. Do in it. Yeah. So when yeah. You had a, we had to work at it. User habits. You've changed socialization in hospitality. So those are you're creating user habits. Um, who owns the intellectual property for Studio 54? Uh, MGM uh, in Las Vegas. They paid you guys for it? No. You guys uh, made a mistake? Remember, when I was in my forced interlude, uh, I didn't want nothing to do with Studio 54. <laughs> it almost, 
it became like a Frankenstein monster that almost killed Steve and I. So we didn't want anything to do. So we let the uh, the trademark expire. <gasps> uh, uh, oh, guys, guys, that's like the stuff we talk about in the beginning, how you never know how something's going to end up. That's crazy. That's a crazy situation. You know what, Bethany? I'm always looking for the next project and the next thing. And that's what excites me. And I get it. The project I'm working on. So it, uh, it may be a money thing, but. It's okay. Yeah, but you never thought about getting back in business with them with it or buying the IP back or anything because I- I've thought about that with the Skinny Girl Cocktails. It's the only IP that I don't own and they haven't really done much with it. So I've thought it's- I so- am thinking about it now. Good, okay. That's why you thought it was interesting that I asked. Yeah, it's never going to be the same. So- it's not going to be the same recipe without you in it. They it's- don't know what to do with it. Exactly. And- so I like it. Wow, let me know. I can't wait to watch with the popcorn. Exciting. Um, okay, the- um, the rose and the thorn of your career, not your family, not having kids, like the high point and the low point. Uh, well, I think uh, the, uh, the probably right around studio, uh, I think the rose was, uh, you know, having this incredible success uh, thrust upon Steve and I. Uh, we didn't know what to expect. Uh, and uh, I'll never forget uh, on the first day that studio opened, uh, I had left around two in the morning. I always left too early. Steve always left too late. Uh, and I got a phone call from him at five or six in the morning. We were on the front page of the New York Post with a photograph of Cher on it and uh, in a straw hat and overall jeans. And so we realized we did it. You know, we did it. And it was just, uh, I guess, the first time falling in love or whatever it is. I, I always remember that. It seemed like an inconsequential event, but I always remember that. And I think the uh, uh, the uh, the thorn was, uh, you know, uh, having it all blow up in our face and and getting indulgent and uh, and almost being destroyed by it. Uh, so your rose and thorn are the same. Your rose and thorn are the same. How fascinating is that? That doesn't happen you know, that often. You no, know, you know, because. Uh, it made me incredibly, incredibly am- ambitious uh, to show people uh, after we, you know, we, we regained our freedom uh, that uh, Studio 54 wasn't a fluke. And we're going to show you. Amazing. Do you um, believe that co- college is, not for everybody, but what do you think about college? What's your stance on college? You know, I think it's... Uh, uh, look, I went to college. A lot of people I know, very, very, very successful people like Alvin Klein and uh, uh, Barry Diller and David Geffen, they didn't go to college. Uh, so, but I think you're never certain one way or the other, but I think it is a good socialization process. I think it's just like a finishing school. I think it's a better idea to do it, but I, I there's no hard and fast rule. Right. It's whatever works for everybody. I agree. Okay, last question is, what do you what do you want now? Uh, I want to try and build a big company. Uh, I you know I didn't I didn't really care about that, uh, you know. But I got uh, my my appetite wet by working with Marriott. So now I want to do. Uh, I think public uh, is uh, the future of the hotel business. It's the most important idea I ever had. You know, making luxury. Uh, and, and making it available to everyone and anyone who wants it, uh, rather than just to rich people, is just a very important idea, especially today. So it's, I'm demo- it's democratizing style, like Martha exactly. originally did with entertainment. Exactly. Got it. Instead of dumbing it down, 
making it more sophisticated, but making it accessible to people. Uh, I think uh, that's just a very important, you know, idea. And I would love to be able to contribute that. And having been to that hotel in New York, it is a bit utilitarian. So your personal style is really infused into that one, in my opinion. It's just so funny, my taste, uh, you know, but again, the idea, uh, it's downtown. So we used uh, modest finishes. You know, we didn't want to use marble and, and, and things like that. So it's 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 really putting together this body things. I'm sure you do that with your fashion. You put together this body things and hope at the end of the day that when it all comes together. But I think it's interesting that it's I asked in the beginning about your personal style and that it reflects your personal style. What is your house like? What's your house design like? Minimalist? What, uh, what simple. Ho- what- Not minimalist. Simple. Uh, you know, uh, very simple, uh, reduced down, nothing superfluous, nothing ornate or decorative, but very uh, simple. I don't think you'd come in uh, and, and say my house is minimalist because it's not a dogma. Right. It's just a way of life. I dress simple, Got my it. wife dressed simple, and our house is simple. And it's harder to do simple than it is to do complex, Okay. by the way. So giving people three tips for home and entertaining that they mind when I, because I used to produce events and I always said lighting and sound. And my number one thing is always bussing tables. It drives me crazy when I see crumpled napkins and cigarettes and ashtrays and drinks that are done, makes me sick. What are your home tips for style and entertaining? Like three tenets that people can live by. Well, I agree with you on lighting because that's an ethereal thing. It creates magic. I also think on floral and flowers, it's ethereal. Okay. And those things okay. kind of, you know, elevate the place. And, you know, if you do it right, you kind of defy gravity. It kind of floats above uh, where the earth is. And I think graciousness, uh, showing a, 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 a real attentiveness that your guests uh, you know, uh, are the kings and the queens is very important that that translates to people. I love that. And you're, whatever that is, it could be a barbecue. That's amazing. You were, I think I have to play favorites. I, this might've been my favorite guest. I, I, I wanted you from oh, the beginning. Oh. I was worried you wouldn't come on because you wouldn't know who I was. And I asked Norma, I said, if no, it- I want to come on, but you want to tell you something else for the party thing. You know, I always felt that everyone obsesses over the food for a party. You can't have bad food, but food doesn't make a party. Right. It's a socializing thing. If you have if you, if you have great food, it makes it a little bit better, but it's not the food. It's the experience, the karma, the vibe. Yes, I agree. The energy, good energy. That's unbelievable. Well, I'm thrilled, and it was lovely to meet you, and I can't wait to hear what you're doing next. I know you're very busy, and you have an incredible story, so it's going to help a lot of people and inspire a lot of people. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Boy, you have a lot of energy, and I may just use that alchemy for the name of a nightclub. Please do. It's a great name. It's what you're saying. Yeah, use it. Go for it. Enjoy it. Have a great day. You too. You Thanks. too. Thanks. First order of business is I know that some that not sometimes I know that I speak loudly and passionately. Sometimes it's too loud for you. And I'm sorry, I've been trying to control it, but on the Ian Schrager podcast, I don't think it's going to have happened because I was so excited. I really wanted to have him on. And wow, did he not disappoint? He was incredible. Just so interesting, so innovative, but just to 
If you don't know, Ian Schrager has changed the way that we socialize, that we entertain, that we travel, the way we, what hotels we want to go to. He really created that Miami white um, minimalist decor in the rooms, but the lobby being this ethereal, amazing experience. And he played with scale, massive chairs, big communal tables. I mean, Ian Schrager has changed the way that we live, but Ian and Steve Rubell, who we referred to, they created Studio 54, which is undeniably the most famous nightclub in history, in the world. So that was speaking to a legend and an icon that was like literally major. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And I really appreciate you listening today. Um, Have a wonderful day. Just Be is hosted and executive produced by me, Bethany Frankel. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions and iHeartRadio. Our managing producer is Fiona Smith, and our producer is Stephanie Stender. Our EP is Morgan Lavoie. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be With Bethany. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.